Welcome, welcome everyone to the Consistently OK podcast. I'm Luke and I'm joined as always by Nick. How are you, Nick? Howdy, howdy. I'm all good, mate. You? I am well. I'm looking forward to this podcast uh, where we are going to be talking about our uh, comic. Well, I guess he's kind of a comic hero in my eyes because I've followed his work for a long time. Yeah. Scott Snyder. Legend. Legend. Hero in the comic industry. Yes. So it's a... it's a good subject for us because it's sort of, I think it's where we kind of started talking about comics when we first realized we both were into comics. It's one of the first writers anyway, I think we kind of connected over or at least we both were heavily invested in his work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll just dive right in, I think, Nick. Um, yeah, go for it. Oh, before we start, I haven't told you yes. this yet. So I was going to tell you, okay. as, we're, as we're going to be talking about a lot of Batman, funnily enough, I had never read the long halloween um whoa i know it was like the only it was one of the only batman books i haven't read so i bought it recently finished it two nights ago it's amazing it Uh, is amazing it's so good so so good and it annoyed me a little bit not the book but more when i was reading it i was like oh shit like the dark knight was so close to being able to do this with harvey dent and then and then it just sort of all closed off in the dark knight and it sort of made me a little bit more sour about that film was a bit like Oh, you were so close to giving me like a really good Harvey Dent moment and you just didn't kind of annoyed me. Halloween is one of my favorite Batman comics. It might be one of my favorite comics. Unfortunately, I don't think the follow-ups, which was Dark Victory and I can't remember what the other one is. I know it's got Rome in the title, but like Long Halloween is a classic. And did you pick it up because of the new Batman film? Because it's got... No. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I've just been going through my list. I've got like a list of like books I keep meaning to like tick off. And then I saw it, it was on offer. It was pretty good price. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll buy it now and give it a read. But yeah, it, it was just blew me away. Like the last issue, I just thought was really, really impressive. And I just, I thought I knew who it was and then it just kept spinning it. And I was like, Oh my God. It is a really, really good Batman comic. I'm not so sure on what came after it. Um, yeah. So I think that's... it is, I, I think it's dark victory and I, because I've been told to avoid Dark Victory, like in the same way that I've been told to avoid, um, which I've ultimately read, but Dark Knight Strikes Again, Strikes Again, is it? What's the one after Returns? Dark Knight, yeah, the both both sequels are not as strong as the. Uh, it's yeah. Dark Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Strikes Again, and yeah. then now Dark Knight DK Three or Dark Knight DK Three. Master Race, yeah, yeah, and now so, the Golden Child. You're spoiled. Yeah. So I did ultimately read Strikes Again. So I probably will end up reading Dark Victory, but I have been told to avoid it. It's it's fine, but it's not. Long Halloween is high up there in like classic Batman uh, comics, whereas Dark Victory is just, it's just there. But you could easily just say, oh, you could read Long Halloween and then you can jump straight into another classic Batman and you just skip Dark Victory. So I picked up three books. I picked up Long Halloween, uh, v Vendetta because it's been ages since I read it and I figured as it's coming into October, November, good time to read I it. Gonna, I thought you were going to say that you'd never read v for Vendetta then, Nick. <laughs> no, read it a long, long time ago. So I just thought I'd reread it. And because um, my brother owned a copy, read his copy and then realized it's not in my collection. Slightly annoyed me. So I thought I've got to buy it. So I bought that. And then I also bought Morning Glories Volume 5 because I was like, oh, I'm loving Morning Glories. Might as well pick up the next volume while I'm at it. It was a good price. And then realized I haven't got volume four. It's <laughs> no, no. a rookie mistake. Yeah, I know. It's, like picking up, it's like picking up Dark Victory, but you've never read Long Halloween. Yeah. 
So I was like, fuck. Morning Glories. Morning Glories is a really good, we're already well off subject, but Morning Glories, I really, really like Morning Glories. And I, I do not like the fact that it seems to be kind of done and it ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. I'm not trying to ruin it for you, but <laughs> it's so good that you're finishing. You'll be like, I want more, but I, I know there's something, something going on with Nick Spencer where he like doesn't want to talk about it anymore. I don't know why. Weird. Um, weird. But anyway, yeah. you know who would never do that to us? Scott. Scott Snyder would never leave us like that. He no. would just keep going no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess it's an easy way to get into talking about Scott Snyder is what was the first Scott Snyder comic you read? And what was it? Did you read it and think, I'm all in on this, this guy's writing? Or did you not like it? Or what was it first? It was really stock answer here, but it was Court of Elves. Good place I, to start. Yeah, I think I got it for Christmas. So I used to, my Christmas list used to just be books, like loads of graphic novels. It was just rows and rows of graphic novels. And um, I used to do this thing where like, it was sort of like a mystery. I'd give a list and say, you know, there's no specific oh. ones I want, just pick them. And then there'd be like wild cards, which are books that aren't on my list, but books that are sort of related to what I'm reading or something like that. And then that'd be chucked in. Um, and Court of Owls was probably in the first list I think I made when I started doing this. And so, yeah, so I got Court of Owls, loved it, just sort of so like mesmerizing in terms of artwork. I'd never really read anything like that, especially when you get to the issue where you turn the page around. Yeah. That blew me away. And then, yeah, just the writing on it. Uh, I think it was before I really got into comic book writing as well. I think it was sort of on that cusp of it's something I'm really interested in, but I hadn't necessarily written anything. And then I kept going back to Court of Owls just because I was like, this is a really impressive like start to a run just to create something that hadn't existed in the Batman ethos and create it in such a dramatic way as well to just go, this is us like all in, in these first five, six issues or whatever. So yeah, so that was it. How about you? My first, well, first of all, I think it's great that Father Christmas looked at your lists and chose Court of Owls. Yeah. Stand-up guy. Yeah. Um, The first, I think, if memory serves me right, the first Scott Snyder comic I read was American Vampire. But I, I remember not being overly, overly like, again, I was reading so many comics at the time. It wasn't something that necessarily like stood out to me. Like I really enjoyed it. But I, I think at the time I was probably in like a Marvel high, uh, <laughs> like okay. just reading so much stuff from there. And I was like, oh, that was, it was really good. And I really liked uh, everything that he, he did with that, that comic. And I'm super excited about the, the new comic coming out for it. came out um, today? Yeah, I think yeah, it came out today. Yeah, so I should have my copy um, sooner rather than later. Um, well, today, so when this podcast yeah. comes out, it would be, uh, we would have read it most likely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the first comic that I remember thinking holy shit, that was good, was Black Mirror. Is it called Black Mirror? Did I just make that up? Yeah, it is Black Mirror. It is called Black Mirror, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was for a second, I was like, no, that's the TV show. No, it's definitely the comic. Yeah, so the one with, it's him and it's Jock. Um, I remember it wasn't the single issue, it was the TV that I picked up, I think. God, my memory is terrible. Maybe it was single issues. I probably have them somewhere, but I, I remember reading it anyway. I remember reading the story and I remember thinking, wow, like, this guy is, he's gone, 
he's gone real deep straight away into Batman and he's sort of done something that no one's really done uh, before. I love, I'm a huge fan of Jock as well. So I, I'm pretty sure I picked it up based on Jock more than Scott Snyder at the time. Nice. Um, whereas now I might, now I'd probably switch it around a little bit. I would probably, I mean, you know, I mean, you and I talk about uh, his comics quite a lot and it's kind yeah. of like, did you did you get this? Did you get that? Like he takes something like Undiscovered Country at the moment, which we were both uh, oh interested in straight away, and yeah. any any of the Batman stuff um, that he has done and Justice League, uh, which we'll get to. But at that point, it was definitely more of the jock side of things, and I was like, I love his artwork. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this, and then I yeah definitely just got immersed in this world that he created. I loved it. It's, it's still up there with one of my favorite comics that I think he's written or one of my favorite comic, one of my favorite DC comics. Definitely one I recommend in the comic shop all the time as well. It's an easy, it's definitely one you say about like long Halloween, like, uh, yeah, you could think the early, the first stuff is new 52, like with quarter hours and stuff, black mirror, long Halloween, killing joke, th- those sort of Batman comics. It's, you know, you've got some like older classic stuff and some more recent classic stuff, but, they're definitely classics now. I mean, for me, Black Mirror yeah. is like considered a classic is in terms of what that story is. And uh, there's so much about with it as well. You see Jock all the time, like some of the artwork from Black Mirror, it's like on wallets and mm. posters, you know, the, the joke with the bats as the eyes. out of his yeah. eyes, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love, I loved, I love Black Mirror. Black Mirror was incredible. And Black Mirror was actually something that I came to way later. Like I, I'd read at least maybe four, five volumes of New Fifty Two Batman, and yeah. then I got Black Mirror, and so it was at that Black point. Black Mirror came out. Black Mirror came out before. I'm pretty. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. Black I'm Mirror pre- is part of Detective Comics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think he did Detective, and then he went into his Fifty Two run. Yeah, I when I got to Black Mirror, I remember thinking I was like, oh, I've still got a grip on like I think how Scott writes Batman, and it's amazing. Like I completely love it i'm not saying like it's predictable or anything like that it's always original and it's always kind of a unique version but when i got into black mirror that was where i properly realized that he can craft any kind of story within that batman world and make it feel new and fresh like he feels like a different writer on each of his batman books really it does it is definitely and yeah black mirror just blew me away it was just nuts like i mean as you said jock's art it heightens his script i think i think when the two of them work together everything just becomes elevated and i really just fell in love with that book like you say it's a classic and i think again it's because they did something that was original to the batman ethos i always think that's the things that gets me is when in superhero books something new and fairly original is introduced to a concept when they just go for something that's never been done before you wouldn't have thought it'd be done because i think for me i always think that superhero books are this kind of thing where you not that you have to follow a mold but because there's a legacy to it it's harder to introduce something new like you're going to face more of a backlash to going like here's a new idea to this because you'll have loads of fans go like you're fucking with the system and i think that's what scott does really well is that he pushes the boat out with batman and the batman world and from what I understand, like some of it has been controversial. Like I, I think I've seen him talk about the fact that when he introduced Gordon's son as like the killer, yes. people were pretty yeah. pissed about that. But in the long run, I think that's become like a classic take now. That's a thing that's kind of 
that was a really smart decision. So I think it's one of those things in hindsight, people have actually gone, you know what, that that was needed at the time and it's helped push that character further. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you're right with what you say about like his uh like pushing the Batman stories and stuff, but he's done that consistently now with his with his Batman. I mean, here we are now at Death Metal. Like when you when you when I first read Black Mirror, I never would have thought we'd get a story like Death Metal. Yeah. Um which shows how much faith DC and the editors and stuff have in him and how in higher regard he is uh he is looked at in DC comics and the fans as well because they gravitate to all of his uh, all of his Batman stuff now because of something like Black Mirror and Court of Owls. You with Court of Owls, especially that was the first one you read, that was very closely followed for me after Black Mirror. And I thought that was if it's easy to say that it's one of Black Mirror is one of my favorites. Court of Owls is one of my favorites as well because you can say to anybody that comes into a comic shop or anyone that you recommend a comics to, you know, if you want to start on a, I think it probably is one of the main ones I would say. If you want to start a run of something, New Fifty Two Batman, New Fifty Two Flash as well. Um, I think both of those two are great runs to go towards first, just to like get into something, and because it's because Scott Snyder does something different, it feels new and it feels like you've just you don't have to know all the origin stuff straight away and it's a yeah. great it's a, it's a great story I, I mean how big i mean talon now is uh with court of hours generally like you know uh, they're like yeah, they're such a staple in that world like to the point yeah, where, yeah you know i think if they got announced for a film or something there'd be so much hype for it you know yeah um, yeah yeah definitely i i think he does that really well i think he creates things for the DC universe that become like staples. Like he's done it with Batman who laughs. Like that character has been insanely popular and he's only been around for what, two years, three years. He's, he's a huge, he's a huge character. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with, I feel like I've already said hit the nail on the head, but we're going to go with it again. You could see now, couldn't you from Scott Snyder's work with something like the Batman who laughs that, you know, even as short a time as five years or 10 years, if you were watching a Batman film, and at the end of that film, you had like the Thanos at the end of Avengers or something. And it was the Batman who laughs. Or even, I mean, even if like Talon was like just the villain of the film, but if it was Batman who laughs at the end, any Batman fan that's read the comics would lose their marbles, wouldn't they? Like you'd be yeah. so excited yeah. to see that guy on the screen. It's so, like the idea of that character is so good. Like it's just, and it's so simple as well. Like it's, you know, not simple as in like, anyone could have come up with it, but it's a Joker and Batman, you know, together. Yeah. And it's like the best of both of them. And it's, it is scary. It's like a scary character. And I think yeah. Scott Snyder, you know, uh, clearly we're not going to just go from a all the way to where he is now because there's too much, but yeah, I think we're just going to jump around, but that character and like now in death metal and what he did in dark Knights metal and Batman who laughs in the own comic, he's just a, uh, it's just so unique and uh yeah and it's great it's crazy i bet when he came up with that idea i don't bet but i would think when he came up with it he must have thought when him and greg capello were putting it together they must have thought we've nailed it oh was it him and greg or was it yeah, him it was, and jock it would no it was him and greg wasn't it i'm pretty sure it's in metal that you get introduced to batman last yeah it is yeah of course yeah. it is yeah metal yeah. and then he, then he has his own spin-off yeah, he's got a spin-off with jock with, yeah with jock yeah and you see that Scott obviously surrounds himself with these super talented artists and letterers and collaborators. And, you know, they're all, they're all so on board. You look how, how big is death metal now with spinoffs. Like if Dark Knight's metal was big with spinoffs, 
death metal is huge and all these yeah. writers are just they must be like dying to just get on board with it that's, it's, that's it's, the other thing like, good. that you mentioned like scott surrounding himself with people i love the fact that he's not afraid to surround himself with people who don't necessarily have as big a resume as him that he's willing oh. to like find somebody who's a little bit more niche but they perfectly match the story that he's telling and yeah. i think that's a real testament to him as a writer that he kind of goes like i could you know i could work with this person or this person or whatever but are they the right person for the book and this person seems right even though they haven't necessarily done a whole backlog of work they've got the style that suits it which i think is really impressive and again it, it always adds to his stories like all of his stories are perfectly enhanced by that artwork like he perfectly matches it and i think it does all the favors for him in terms of his story because it just it resonates more like it becomes more memorable like when we were talking about jock at the moment my head instantly goes to that freeze cover from all-star batman that freeze yeah. cover i was just addicted like it's such a good cover and the fact that there's two because there's one with like the helmet and then there's one without the helmet isn't there or is yeah, it like, yeah yeah, yeah. i've got them all my friend i'm down when anything freeze when freeze yeah. jock and snyder come together yeah yeah <laughs> i have i have one of i have the uh, i think it's the all-star issue two it's like a red background and it's batman's gripping his fist and there's blood coming off i've got like a sign poster but the, if I had, if I could get the freeze one, that is such a good cover. Like it's so yeah. good. It's insanely good. But when you think of Jock, does your head go to Batman with Snyder and Batman, or is it? I know you said about the cover, but for me, Jock and Jock, Jock and, and Snyder, Snyder goes to witches. Yeah, yeah, I see. That like well, it, whenever I kind of think of them as a duo, I go to witches, and I don't know if that's just because witches as a horror was unlike yeah. anything else I've read. Especially in terms of comics, like I always think comics horror is really hard to do because because it's all there on the page. Like you can see where things go the minute you turn a page. It's not like a novel where like when you're reading a novel, you don't necessarily how it's going to go. You can kind of see based on the images, oh, this shit goes south for them on this page. But I think Scott and Jock made witches really well where it's that you turn the page and then you get hit with something horrific as well as Jock's art is again just the way that i think he uses marker pens makes it more terrifying um yeah, yeah. like Which his line work and stuff a really cool comic grim and the story i mean scott's story for that is just yeah horrifying um did you read the did you read the bad egg one the yeah yeah, yeah i read it as part of image plus actually so i was reading up every time image plus came in and that was yeah. just really nice it was nice to see it in that like bigger kind of form as well because image plus was bigger than a normal comic size but, yeah, I, yeah really like I mean, that. I know it's still it's still in previews a little bit, but it's built into previews. But I liked the Image Plus, yeah, all really the, nice magazine, the interviews and everything. When I think of horror and Scott Snyder, I know I asked you about Jock and Scott Snyder, but now I'm thinking horror. I think of The Wake with Scott Snyder and Shaw Gordon Murphy. Did you oh, read that? Yeah. I haven't read it. No, because that's that's a really good comic, and that's quite early on. That is, I yeah. had it. I wrote it down somewhere when it came out. No, I didn't. I just wrote the wake awesome horror comic, but <laughs> good. That is a, that's an awesome comic. And that's someone else, Sean Gordon Murphy, who's obviously now he's super successful with the white Knight, which is another fantastic comic. Yeah. But he obviously it's nice that he's done a, his own take on Batman as well. Cause he's, he's worked on a horror comic. I don't know if he worked on anything Batman related with Scott Snyder. I, there's a bit of me that thinks they've done something in an annual together. I think there's something, isn't, um, isn't it the, 
back of... Or he's done some detective comics with him or something? There's a story, I'm pretty sure, about Bruce, where he's like a clone. And he like clones himself to make a Bruce, who then... Because I remember the story, it's like, he's got to make a decision about going up a ladder or turning away from the life of crime. I can't remember which book that's in. I could have just made this up. But I'm pretty sure there is a story that... If you you did make up, then it should be a thing. I don't remember... I mean, but there's so much out there, isn't there, with these guys? But yeah. it's interesting I anyway. Wrote that, if, but I think it was part of that. If they, team. If they did work on something together, then it's nice that now Scott Snyder is like, he's built this whole bloody multiverse of Batman comics. And Sean Gordon Murphy has his own Batman, which is just doing so well as well. It's such a good read. And you, I, you know, with me, when it comes, I know there's, I don't want to talk too much about the way I feel like some comic writers and artists interact with their fans. But with Scott Snyder, you generally think that he would... I know everyone reads their work and stuff, but he seems so happy for people all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think Scott... And he's so good with his fans as well. Like I, like his YouTube, I know you and I have spoke about his YouTube and you know he did a good chunk of it and then it's calmed down. The guys just had a kid as well, so I, we completely understand. But for me, that, that bit of the way he talks about other creators and he's, he's always promoting other creators and it's not like a chore for him. It just happens. But the way he, the YouTube videos are such a good way to just, cause in my head, I'm going to, I think of comic writers as being super famous because they mean so much to me. Yeah. In my head, if I saw Scott Snyder walking down the road or like, I don't know, Jeff Lemire or something like that, I'd probably be like, let's say we, we were hanging out and we saw him be like, fucking hell Nick. Scott Snyder, like the yeah. fuck is he doing here? <laughs> like, especially if he was walking through Stavanger and Oya, which is where I am. But imagine <laughs> I'll be like, Jesus Christ, I'd be so happy. And then, you know, there are people that think about this, like the musicians, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, I'm into all sorts of other things as well. But in my head, they're, they're up there. And like, yeah. you see some of the best writers out there and they, they don't have these big social media followings or anything like that. But in my head, Scott Snyder doesn't have to do the stuff that he does. He doesn't have to make these YouTube videos. He doesn't have to message people. I've messaged him on Twitter before and he's taken the time to write me back and everything. And I think that's like an exceptional thing to do when you're such, I mean, he must be, would you think he's like DC's, one of DC's biggest creators now? Maybe people think Bendis is, but I'm, Bendis isn't necessarily my, uh, I, I like his stuff, a lot of his older stuff. But for me, Snyder is the top of the DC writing pyramid. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's subjective. At the end of the day, I think for me he is yeah, just, guess, because, yeah. just because of what he does with every character. Like, I know we'll talk about it at some point, and I'll just lightly touch on it here. But his Justice League run was unlike anything else Justice League that I'd read because he managed to make it feel like Justice League was at the center of the DC universe, and the yeah, definitely the scope of what he was doing with the Source Wall and Perpetua that felt like. Next. Well. yeah it felt like that should be an event book but it was just in every two weeks justice league which was crazy for a two week like for a bi-weekly release to be that kind of story that's absolutely insane because the quality again never dipped on that like it wasn't like oh this issue is a bit kind of like in between kind of thing every issue was just building that story up and up and up and so when it kind of ended you you were immediately like well what comes next which is what you want yeah. i think as a writer ultimately as a writer, you're always searching for that. I think I did a masterclass recently. I think it was Neil Gaiman that said that's what a writer wants is that every writer wants the kind of 
the person they're telling the story to to go and what happened next and scott's stories are kind of always that it's you finish a page and you, you go well, what happens next and you want to turn the page or you finish an issue and that's that month wait or two week wait or whatever and i just think that's so it's such a hard thing to do but to do it every two weeks yeah consistently yeah, yeah. okay um, consistently okay yeah it, but I, I think you're you're absolutely right i think he is one of those writers i mean you and i text normally if we read a most recent memory like the last night on earth i think we both were sort of like have you read it it's like yeah i read it and i think it was like we got to the end of issue two i was like man like, like where is issue three it's, i need to read it because of that and it's the same with death metal now like you read it and you're you know, my my issue three, I think for that was delayed uh, getting into the comic shop. And I was, I think you had read it maybe already. And other people now read it. I was like, God damn it. Like, I remember finishing this issue and thinking, I have to, I have to read this next one now. Yeah. And he's so good at it. He's just really, generally, he's very good. I don't know if Scott will listen to this. Probably not. But if he did, <laughs> we're not just like blowing smoke. But it's, yeah. his writing is that, and it's been consistently good, has been consistently good for a long, long time. I think he's if you if you look at the growth from something like quarter valves to death metal now and how big it's got you said about things dipping there are a lot of big events that do dip i found that with doomsday clock i thought doomsday clock dipped and i think maybe it's because it took so long to to run maybe mm-hmm. i still enjoyed it but i think it took a bit too long but there are loads of big events out there a lot of marvel ones some other dc ones but i don't think it, it happens with scott snyder's comics generally and I think because he plans it so well with his whiteboard. Yeah. And, uh, I'm writing very down that. Yeah, so uh, his drawings on his whiteboard are crazy. But I, I think he does. I think he, I think he knows where he's going to start. And I generally believe him when you see the interviews with that, him and Greg when they started this, or Greg Bellow, that they had always had this plan. They'd been putting these little things in the comics all the way through. I'm just kind of touching on this again. With I know he, I know he and Greg, Greg sort of butted heads like having watched interviews with him when they first got into Batman together. And I think that was just over how each other works. But when you read the book, you wouldn't get a sense that there's any tension between them in those kind yeah. of like first, in that first issue or like second issue or whatever. And I, I get the impression, you know, by third issue or whatever, that, that was when they had sort of sorted everything out. But Greg's art, it makes so much sense that he's the one doing Scott's story because it's that sort of, darker noir batman yeah it's less kind of there's not a lot of like glossy stuff in his batman run it's all leaning into that noir detective kind of like understanding a villain understanding gotham batman's mind frame it's all that kind of stuff and capullo's art just coming from spawn he's got that kind of grimy i can break down the world i can make it look a little disjointed, a little like it's still figuring itself out. And I think just the two of them, especially when they got to last night, they'd sort of hit that absolute peak of every page just looked insane. It was just silly. Like, isn't the opening of last night, don't they do it where it's like a killer goes around Gotham, leaving chalk, and then the overall outline is like Batman's body, or it's a body or something, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, that's such a smart and simple detective story yeah and it's just illustrated in such a horrific brilliant noir-esque manner by capullo it just yeah just... i think they go hand they go hand in hand now don't they those two with their their work we talked about jock as well but capello and snyder like you just see 
obviously God knows if they still had disagreements on things, but I just imagine then when, when they both came up with the Batman and laughs, I don't I don't know if it was Snyder or Capello or a mixture of both, but they were like, I can't wait to draw this, like I'm I'm ready. And like their ideas are just like Batman with in Last Night on Earth carrying around Joker's head. Like yeah. that 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 cover on its own, there when that was announced, it's like now like yeah i just i have to know what this comic is about and then with the second issue cover that with bane with the scarecrow on the back yeah that's that really so cool. so cool i saw i saw i actually uh, saw these figures on uh that they're releasing on twitter and scott snyder put it up on his twitter and i today i'm still getting notifications on my phone with people retweeting it um <laughs> just because it's scott snyder nothing to do with me but just because but uh i mean that's how big these things are getting like yeah there's a last night on earth figure there's a dark i mean i've got i i picked up the other day uh, a man who man who laughs batman who laughs statue because it's just such a cool idea i'm yeah. just i'm throwing it all in in one go um but i do think that's the best way to handle this uh, this subject yeah i think that, i think because there's just so much scope to what he's done it would take forever to just go through it in a linear manner and i think also because sure. a lot of it because a lot of it connects like it's not like it's all kind of individual things. A lot of it is joined together and there's kind of similar themes kind of going on. I think it's easier to talk about it in that way. But yeah, I mean, like even with death metal, like there's so many spin-offs for it, but even those, are again, they feel like they've been curated by Scott that he's gone, look, I've got this story. I want you to write it. This is what it's going to be. And this is kind of where it fits into the grand scheme of everything. It feels like it's been carefully curated to the point where it just fits perfectly in line with the main storyline adds something that you know spin-offs is sometimes like give or take sometimes really nice about sometimes an okay story you know but for these i genuinely think they're all pretty integral to the plot line because when i finally go back into death metal four i think it is because i think three's out and it's just doing the spin-offs at the moment i think when i finally go into four i'll just be like holy shit this journey's already been this huge epic thing with all of these characters all in different places all going through different struggles that are all very kind of at the end of their tether like this world is is breaking down and these characters are, are failing in some way so i feel like four is just going to be this smack of just i need everything in my life i'm really i'm really excited i think there's actually so much more to this uh this event because even after the last one comes out which i think is seven now I think there's seven main issues. Yeah. There's still spin-offs after it, I saw. They come after it. It's just a big event. And I, I can't wait to know, even now, even though we're not even halfway through this one, or just about to be-ish, or we, maybe we are technically, what comes after. Yeah. Because, you know, now he's done so much of the Batman stuff and he's done Justice League. I would love to see, I'd love to see him tackle another DC character, like someone, someone that isn't, Batman, obviously Justice League, he's hit a lot of bases with, you know, Martian Manhunter was involved and obviously Superman. Obviously Dark Knight's uh, Death Metal is more of a Wonder Woman story as well. Um, I think he, it is a Wonder Woman story, isn't it, effectively, in a way. Yeah. Um, or that's what he's portraying as, or saying he is portraying as. Like, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? It's a Wonder Woman story more than a Batman story. That's what he said. That's um, again, the end of the thing that he does really well is that he can put the spotlight onto characters whose story you wouldn't necessarily think it's going to be like justice league each arc sort of focused gave the focus to a different member 
Yeah, I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, he does. He did that really well in Justice League. Yeah, and like the the Superman one, I think it's the section where they sort of trap Superman in that place without a sun. It's just mm-hmm. barren. But he, tonally, it's so kind of crippling the way he's written it or wrote it to kind of feel just lost as Superman that you kind of go like yeah. this guy actually can't but you put him in a situation where I don't know how he gets out of this and I feel uncomfortable about that because I'm so used to Superman being the one that's like there's always a shred of hope he can always kind of do it and so when he finally gets that moment of sort of breaking out of it there's so much power in the way that he's written it again wrote it I need to correct myself there in the way that he wrote it because I think he's got a prose background I think that's yeah. the thing that I'm always really surprised by with Scott is that he writes comics like prose. He doesn't necessarily write comics as like, it has to be this one thing. A lot of the narration feels very much like it could just be in a novel. I think, and, isn't that where, isn't that how he started? If I remember I so. right. Yeah. I'm pretty and then sure he got picked up. I think something got something that he'd written, got picked up and then, somehow it led into American Vampire or no is it, I think he did some Marvel stuff I mean I'm talking like I'm the biggest fan in the world but obviously I've not read everything but <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he did he did a short story like, collection which I'm pretty sure is called Voodoo Heart okay um, and I know he did Iron Man for Marvel or something yeah. to do with Iron Man and I know he did uh, I don't think it was fantastic or it was like a thing or a, a human torch story but that I think that those sort of things were he started, yeah, with novels or something. Yeah, and I, but I think that really works. You know, it's it's like the Dark Knight Returns. Like the Dark Knight Returns, I think is really impressive because so much of that feels again like a novel. A lot of the narration is very prosaic in its kind of format, especially yeah. that opening page where he's kind of talking about when he's in the car, my foot on the gas, or whatever. It's written in a format that you wouldn't necessarily suspect comics to be. And I think Scott's just brought that into loads of different genres of modern day comics you know from witches to undiscovered country to the stuff he's doing with batman and death metal and i think to put that kind of stuff into a event like death metal or justice league just takes it to a whole different level because you're more immersed with the characters as as like a thought piece it's not just like, here's the visual representation of their emotion. The writing represents their internal emotion as well. And I think that's yeah. such a, it's just super impressive. And I'm, I'm very jealous, basically. Every time I read his books, I'm like, damn you. It's, yeah. it's like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode. What, was your, what would be your, I mean, do you have a favorite moment that he's written in comics? I, I have one. I don't know if it's my favorite. But it's something that's always stood out to me. I don't death of the family like it's the third volume in the new 52 run i believe it's the third one there's a scene where batman and joker are on a bridge um, oh yeah that i loved i loved that bit in that <laughs> i love that bit i really enjoyed that bit i love that bit nick it's my favorite bit when joker's <laughs> there with his half ripped off face looking at batman lovingly across the bridge a bit just stood out to me for for ages after I'd seen it and I still now when I think about it I, I don't know what it is about that that the writing in that necessarily but it's just something so it's such a calm such a calm scene like yeah. it's just them on the bridge 
um, and all the stuff, everything else is sort of out of the way. And I, I mean, I think that's a great volume as well. Obviously, very comes very quickly after Court of Owls and stuff like that. But I think the death of the family is is a really really good comic, like overall as well. Yeah. Like that, uh, if you think about his different takes on Joker, and obviously with the Batman who laughs now, that that Joker that stayed with people's memory for a long time, didn't it? If, again, if there was a film made, and you know, Joker turned up without his face on, you lose your marbles as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, like uh, free. It's a really good. What, yeah. What, what was, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite bit of any any not just not just Batman? Obviously, I mean anything from witches to to and Batman and everything in between that he's done. I think there's loads. The the one I'm immediately jumping to, like with Scott, it's always you know like that Superman bit in Justice League really did get me because I'm a huge Superman fan, and so that really just shocked me. I was just like, oh my god! But the one that I'm kind of going to mainly is it's the scene on the park bench which i think is in super heavy because i think it's when gordon's batman um yes it's it's super heavy yeah no yeah it's in bloom i can't remember it's super heavy i'm pretty sure it's super heavy i think it's towards the end of super heavy and it's not necessarily the joker on the bench but it's like the embodiment of him or something is sort of like supposed to be him and their conversation, again, it's that quiet moment in the middle of this storm that is super heavy. And it's Bruce kind of learning about himself, figuring himself out. And it's just, yeah, it's just a stunning piece of work. Um, the dialogue between Batman and Joker that Snyder writes is always really good, isn't it? Like, the dialogue between them. Again, even something as weird as Last Night on Earth, when it's Joker head talking to Batman, it's always really well written. Yeah, um, I think he just—I think he just nails so much of the Batman universe when he does it, and not just that as well. Actually, another a comic that we probably can't talk too much about because it's nowhere near done yet. But Undiscovered Country, obviously, you've just read that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've read it about two, three weeks ago. I was waiting for the yeah. graphic novel, and then eventually got it. Because so. that is—I mean, Charles Soule's involved in that as well, who's another fantastic writer and someone I'm a, a big fan of as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but your your thoughts on that? For me, I think it's always nice. It's nice having Undiscovered Country and Death Metal out at the same time because it's two different Scott Snyder comics, obviously. And you can, because Death Metal or Dark, yeah, Death Metal is releasing at a slower pace, I guess. But it's uh, you know you could read two different Scott Snyder comics that are completely completely different in a way. And I, I'm really enjoying Undiscovered Country as well. The idea of it is. Is really cool. I was very excited about it when I think you told me about it that they were writing a comic together. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, uh, that's really good because they teased it for ages. I remember seeing them like, "Oh yeah, we're at uh, Scott's cabin or his work yeah. place," and then it was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm at Charles's thing." I was like, "What the fuck are you doing together?" Yeah. Like, uh, Tell me. Like, uh, we just been for a run. I was like, "What are you writing?" And uh, <laughs> it was that, and it's 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 great. It's a really good, but you you yeah. enjoyed it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was a really original idea. Again, it's that simplicity. It's just it's such a simple idea to go like, oh, America closed off its borders to everybody and just shut down networking with everybody. It went into its own like little space. This is what happens. It's such a simple concept, but it's executed in such a precise and kind of detailed manner. Like the the attention to detail 
in that world is crazy. Like the fact that there's the map, there's the postcards, there's the yeah, little huge, hints about. It? Yeah, it's it really it feels it like down at the, yeah. the end of each bit as well. They break it down like what uh, I don't know. Is it the character? No, what is it that they break down at the end? There's always snippets at the end, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's like the little like things where it's like uh, it's the people who were there on like the days yeah. that. Yeah, so it's yes, like how that's different it. people. Yeah, that's saw. what it is. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and there's like the story of like the person who was away on holiday and they couldn't get back or something, and it was just like, oh, I now can't go back home. That, I mean, that that will get picked up with the way the world is now. That will get picked not because of the way the world is generally, but like how many TV shows and films are being made from comics. Like it's like the hub, isn't it? Of just yeah. like, yes, that's going to be a TV show that will get picked up. Point yeah. it. Like, uh, it's it's just not. If not already, it will be done. Yes, it's just sooner rather than later. Good concept, and it's just so. It's it's just nuts, and the the thing with it that I kept thinking as I was reading it is I was just like I can imagine these two people like Charles and Scott writing it just had so much fun crafting that world, and so then when I finished it, probably why so much is into it so you finish yeah that, that was the thing so when i got finished it and it, there's like the letters page at the back of the graphic novel which is just the the letter from both of them about how it started and how they became friends over running and then they went and like visited the cia and they got told certain things there reading that letter i was like fuck this is this is so good it reminded me of like when harry and i first started working on comics together and we just randomly text each other like little things that we had ideas for or whatever. And then it, you sort of see it comes to fruition and it has snowballed up into this bigger thing. And it just made me so excited to kind of go back and work on a comic book so I can have those kind of moments of just texting a really good friend, a cool idea and hope that we get to make it. It was yeah. just that sentimentality of it. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's definitely a comic that comes from like a lot of uh, like a good friendship. And like, it's like you said, I bet the back and forth, that's probably why I think they have so much time not so much time they're both very busy probably but they're both so into it that they can do all these little bits and i don't think any anything seems like too much it's not like we should add this at the end of the comic yes let's like do it like let's do the map let's do this it seems like it's all it's all there and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down like it doesn't think they're like we can start this now we can't do it anymore like we're going to do this full on i don't i wonder how long it's going to be actually because obviously both of them are very they have a lot going on i wonder if it's a or I wonder if it's easier to drag it out longer, not drag it out, but like to keep it going because this because there is two writers. Because I think I read in the back as well that they they take it in turns. Yeah, I think there's something about that. It's like how they work on it, like how they do a dialogue pass and that kind of thing. And yeah, and they um, both read each other's work and make edits and stuff. So yeah. really, really cool comic. Like I think uh, I think I've enjoyed pretty much everything that he's he's put out there i think the one thing that i i was really really excited for but maybe it didn't quite hit home with me was after death with jeff lemire i yeah i remember this yeah when it came out i remember because i i love it like i i really fell in love with it but i remember when you read definitely your one. i think it's definitely your style more than my style i think of, of comic am i wrong in saying that because it's possibly it's like, yeah uh, but I, I, I think I too, I think I'd over hyped it in my brain. Like uh, Jeff Lemire, who I, I'm a, a real big fan of, and Scott Snyder, I was like, boom! Like Jeff Lemire artwork as well, which I'm a fan of. And I think I was just, I don't know what I expected with it. 
but it wasn't something that I was like blown away by. Um, okay. Honestly, but I, I mean, I think loads of people did really, really like it. I still enjoyed it. I still recommend it if if it comes about. But I, I just it wasn't. If we're talking about like, do I love everything Scott Snyder? Pretty much yes. But this is something that I wasn't like writing home about. It wasn't something that I was like, Nick, you got to get this right now. Like it yeah. has to has to happen. I think yeah, that was that was probably um, me. Was, I remember because I remember reading it, and then I think I texted you pretty much the minute I finished it, and was just like oh my god have you read it this is amazing and i mean i'm sitting saying it's not my favorite thing but i have the i have the single issues and i have uh, the hardcover of it because because i have a problem yeah <laughs> it's fine i do too um it's yeah yeah i uh, i really liked after death i thought it was a really unique idea i love the format of it as well that like bigger oversized thing the feel of the cover yeah. they that felt really unique as well um, I think that was one of the first because there's a lot of that now, like the oversight covers. Like they did it with, they've done it with so many of the DC comics recently. But yeah, I think that Image comic them. with the AD was like one of the first larger comics I have in my collection, or it felt like it anyway. Yeah, I just so I love cool. I, I I for me I just love that contrast of putting the comics, the kind of panel format with then the prose, and the way that the prose was just like a snapshot image that it was just like, here's the family or the character in this one situation. And then there's the bulk of the prose that takes you through that story and through the journey of the characters to then go to the panel work and how they contrasted the two. I think I just really liked that idea because I hadn't come across it before. I felt like it was a really interesting take and the story, I think off of the first one, it's hard to kind of describe what, the story is because I remember trying to sell that to customers in a comic book shop and try and say like, so this story is about, um, and it was like really hard to describe. So I was like, just look at the art. It's beautiful. And then they'd buy it and go, Oh, I really enjoyed it. And then the second one, yeah. mainly the second one I think is where people really clung to it. I noticed cause I think we sold quite a bit of the second one and then had people kind of, hearsay about it and coming back and saying have you got the first issue and at that point we were sold out of it but yeah i can kind of understand like where you're coming from in terms of i think it's possibly his most unusual work in terms of comic books. yeah i think that's probably it i think in terms of what i'm used to with him what i usually would pick up obviously a lot of that is batman based because that's mainly where his stuff comes from it just i think it just it didn't take me by surprise because i kind of kind of knew what i was getting into when i read it but I just, I just thought I was going to be blown away. So that's, I mean, I like I said, I, I liked it. I actually probably really liked it, but it didn't blow me away like uh, a lot of his other stuff does. Um, so it's not a, a knock on him or Jeff Lee's writing. It's just it wasn't something that I, I put down. I was like, I'm going to read it again as soon as possible. Like uh, there's different Jeff Lemire things I'd read, and there's different Scott Snyder things I'd read over After Death. So one of the final things um, we can maybe go into, and I touched upon it earlier, but we didn't really give answers or maybe I didn't ask the question, but is there a character maybe from DC or from Marvel that you would like Scott Snyder to write uh, something that would get you excited? Like uh, obviously when he wrote Batman, it's we, I was excited you were as well. And then he went into Justice League and we were both really interested in that. And Tom King, for instance, 
who did so well with Mr. Miracle that everyone got very excited about Strange Adventures and now he's doing Rorschach, which is going to be a, a big release for DC and it's got a lot of pipe around it. Like, is there anything specific that Scott Snyder could write now that you would be like, holy shit, I need to see how he writes this character? Constantine, because he's my favourite or second favourite DC character. It's, there's always a mismatch between him and Superman. I would say, in DC, I would say Constantine as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd love like a proper hard-boiled kind of Constantine, grim Liverpool story. Tough to follow. Uh, I've been reading some of the Simon... Um, oh, Spurrier uh, stuff. Yeah, Spurrier stuff, yeah. I really want to read it. It looks amazing. Good good shit before it got cancelled for no good reason. Yeah, I saw that. It was sad. But yeah, but I, I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to see him write that. That would yeah. be really, really cool. Marvel side, who would I want to see Scott do Marvel? Um, there's, only one, there's only one choice, Nick. Only one choice they could be, even though it's probably insanely obvious to everyone. Just uh, think about the thing Actually, there's a couple with Marvel I'd really like to see him do. Um, you better say the one I think you should say. Well, one of them's Ghost Rider. I mean, that, that would be fucking cool. I didn't even think about Ghost Rider, but that would I, be cool. I'd really like him and Capullo to do Ghost Rider. Mental. I think that, like them as a team on that would be really impressive. Daredevil is quite similar to Batman, though. But Daredevil. But that's like, for me, it would be Spider Man or Daredevil. They were the two that I would think yeah, I would really like him. I would really like him to write. I'd really like him to write Spider-Man because I think he's so good with the villains. You know, you think about all-star Batman with Two-Face and Mad Hatter and Freeze and yeah. things and obviously making these new villains. Like, not only do I think he could make a new cool Spider-Man villain, but I think if you could give him the reins to Spider-Man and just said, court of hours this, like just make something that's not been done before but you can throw in like, you know, Green Goblin could be, obviously it can't be the same. It can't be like something new. Green Goblin's the main villain and then blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. you know, at the same time it could be, but he could do it his own take. But imagine like a gritty, imagine Capello and Snyder being on Spider-Man. Yeah, it'd be nuts. It'd be really, really, really cool. And I, I think there's a huge push. I mean, I don't know. I'm not there in the Marvel world, but I know Donny Cates is a big writer. I'd love to see Snyder and Donny Cates do something together as well but I yeah, think uh, I think there's probably a chance that Cates would probably get Spider-Man after Nick Spencer with how well he's doing with everything but I'd love I'd love Snyder to have a go at Spider-Man I don't think it will happen but I, that for me would be that and Daredevil would be if if he was to go over to Marvel they're the two I'd say like they're yours run free Scott Snyder and get your whiteboard and draw how it's going to play out and we'll all be very excited and happy the other one I'd quite like as a Marvel story, which I think he'd do really good justice to, is Doctor Doom. Give him like a solo Doctor Doom story. There's so much that he could do. Do you do you yeah. ever think like? Because I know some, I know obviously they do switch around. Bendis is obviously the most recent biggest uh, switch. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes they obviously a lot of them now do like Image Comics and Boom as well, things like that. Do you think it would ever? Do you think it would ever switch between DC and Marvel? Do you think there must be a draw there for Marvel to think I really want to? Because eventually he's probably going to take Batman as far as he can go, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the impression that after Death Metal, he's sort of like done with Batman. Done. I know, he, I know, he said he's got a Nightwing story he wants to do, which again would be really cool. 
like just him doing as like a black label thing. I think he said as well, which I think was he could just do black label stuff, couldn't he? I mean, he could easily do a black label story once a year and then focus on his image comic stuff. So yeah, so I'd love to. I'd love to see him have. Yeah, I'm sure it will go to Marvel at some point. I reckon his contract with DC will only go up to a certain point. And I think after Death Metal and you know after he does a black label Nightwing book. I'm sure there are other characters who want to tackle the DC, but I wonder whether he'll start to look at Marvel and kind of look at that as like the next kind of challenge. Yeah. But it'd be cool. It'd be cool for him to do like death metal is, I guess it's an event, but it'd be nice for him to do like one more. I mean, I guess it depends how death metal ends really, but obviously mm. they're already lining up the next event, which is the, it's called like frozen winter or something. I yeah. Saw. I saw there have been, chattering about this yeah don't know what it could be but yeah it'd be cool for him to do like another another event but you know he could just finish on black label stories for dc before he he thinks of something else but he's obviously got enough in his locker that he could write he could do like one dc comic a year and then yeah like a a a three issue series and then you could just do image comics Mm. or yeah i get the impression you've got to push his indies more like noctera which we've not spoken about at all but it looks amazing. Again, it's that. It does look great. It's that simple story of just like the sun never came up. Uh, yeah. Just here's the story, and it's so simple, but it seems so detailed. Like when you were speaking about it, and you said that everybody's sort of got different lights as to how they protect themselves, uh, like depending on what they can kind of get a hold of. I was like, that's such a cool idea that some people have got like crazy LED lights, and other people have just got like a little torch or whatever. That's awesome kind of detail. Um, really cool. But yeah, like I, love- I, I get the impression he's going to go down that road of kind of just doing more original ideas and more kind of just exploring what he can do there. And yeah. Probably, like you said, bringing on artists and letterers and things like that that maybe aren't household names necessarily, but like bringing them up as well because I think he has a lot of time to find the right person for the right project and set them on the right path as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so thanks for joining us for this podcast. Uh, uh, talking about Scott Snyder. Hopefully we'll do another podcast talking about other comic creators in the future, uh, ones that we're big fans of. Uh, the next podcast we're going to do is going to cover the Arkham game series, uh, Arkham Asylum, City, Knights, other Arkham games uh, that are going to be in the future and the studios that make them. So uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, then uh, please join us for our next podcast. So uh, that's it from us. So thanks a lot, Nick. Cheers, dude. See you in a bit. All right, take it easy. See Bye, you. everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.